Thanks for listening to Bootleg Avocado, the culinary and cannabis podcast. My name is Mario Rodriguez. I'm your host. In this episode, we have the live recording to a recent webinar that we were actually part of the panel called Fusion 101, a culinary demonstration brought to you by the New Jersey Cannabis Business Association. We were part of a panel that included other chefs, um, including our friend uh, David Youssef Zadeh of Cloud Creamery, Kelly McClay, Dean of the Academy of Culinary Arts, Atlantic Cape Community College. And we also had our host and moderator, Tara Masu of Blazing Bakery. We talked a lot about kind of the basics of infusion, answer some awesome questions from the audience. Uh, please give a listen and please follow us on our social media handles, bootleg underscore avocado, or go to our website, bootlegavocado.com to see when our upcoming webinars will take place. Thanks very much. Hi, everyone. So uh, welcome to the NJCBA webinar, um, Culinary and Cannabis. So we're just getting started here. I see people are popping up. Uh, Hey, Marianne, one of our board members is there. Um, it's going to be really exciting. You could see uh, Kelly, who is the Dean of Culinary at Atlantic Cape Community College. That's where oh, I'm Tara Masu. I'm the Executive Director of NJCBA. So um, I taught Cannabis 101 at her college, and it went amazing. And she's going to be the one cooking up some really cool recipes today. Um, before we get going, I will also introduce, we have Mario Rodriguez. He runs Bootleg Avocado. So Mario is like, culinary wizard genius he does catering he runs uh food events in new york where he put on like a conference he always has really cool uh you know food speakers and david actually got what all of us in jersey want which is a license (laughs) (laughs) recently super proud and jealous of him um david has cloud creamery edibles up in massachusetts and he's going to be teaching us today uh, a bunch of infusion secrets. And he's going to be showing butter, which most of us have done, and oil. We're also going to learn to infuse honey, which is super cool. Um, so we're going to have the lesson from Mario and then the actual infusion process from David. And he's going to teach you dosing and all that good stuff. And then Kelly's going to teach us, what are we learning today? What's our, what's our recipes, Kelly? Uh, well, we're going to start with a simple, a mint simple syrup lemonade that's infused mm-hmm. uh, infused honey, and then we're going to do a Baltimore crab cake. And I do have these. I also have a um, an apple cake, a walnut apple cake um, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to demo today, but we'll put the recipe up on the website if anybody wants it. Ooh, that Very good. cool. Sounds good. Okay. Um. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm going to start, let's say, I'll just give it a few more minutes. We still have people popping up, give everyone a chance to, to not miss the educational lesson. But um, yeah, this is a, uh, and, and David, so you're going to be showing us with things everyone has in their kitchen. I know you, I saw you had a Levo back there. Is it just going to be that or is it total DIY? 
Well, we're going to, I think, really talk about kind of the infusion process. I think, you know, understanding the basis is really what's valuable here. I think people, as, as you mentioned, everyone's kitchen is different. Everyone's setup is different. So I think if you can understand the process and the heart of what we're doing, you can make that fit really in any kitchen uh, to the to the ability. We do have a Levo here, which is kind of a, I don't want to call it cheating. It's definitely a, a straightforward method to do it. But, you know, something I'm sure we'll touch on today is a lot of people have had you know, edibles that were too strong for them or didn't necessarily enjoy the experience. And I think a lot of that really just comes down to dosing properly and understanding kind of what strain went in there. So uh, I am going to show a quick little demo on the Levo. Uh, and the rest of it is really, again, just understanding, you know, what to look for in your flower from start to finish to know that you've achieved what you're looking for. Very cool. All right. Um, it looks like most of our registrants are here. So I'm going to get started. Um, all right, so we're gonna start with Mario Rodriguez from Bootleg Avocado giving us our cannabis lesson. Awesome, thanks Tara for that. Uh, thanks for the intro. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Mario Rodriguez, uh, part of Bootleg Avocado. Um, I'm a guy who likes doing slides, so I'm just gonna share a few <laughs> slides with you. Um, that'll give me a little bit of an idea or it's more helpful for me to really outline things for you than anything else. So just give me a second. I just want to share my screen with everyone here. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for being here. This is Infusion 101. Uh, my name is Mara Rodriguez, founder of Bootleg Avocado. Just a little bit about us. Um, so we consult in the natural food space. I'm a chef by trade. Um, I help early stage food startups to scale their, com their company on the operations and culinary side of things. I'm working with a lot of plant-based uh, products out there and founders. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of the guy on the ground on, on, this, on this sense, which, you know, helped really scale a lot of these companies. You know, what I noticed was obviously the, the cannabis industry really, really jumping into the food world these days. And now, you know, given the explosion of like edible consumption and all those things, you know, our goal is to really lead a lot of the collaborative efforts on uh, with food scientists, chefs, uh, entrepreneurs and bringing all those people together in the right way in order to produce a lot better um, edibles and you know infusing food beverage and cannabis in the right way so please follow us at bootlegavocado.com we also do uh, an event series twice a month around the intersection of food beverage and cannabis and basically you know understand different segments you know we'll talk about beverage innovation we'll talk about food innovation we'll talk about um, psilocybin in, in food, which is a very hot, uh, popular topic right now. Um, and I was lucky enough to actually have Chef David as one of our panelists um, in our first event in February. Um, so David, please introduce yourself. Just give us a little bit more information on Cloud Creamery. Sure. Hey everyone, my name is David Youssefzadeh. Do not worry if you can't say my last name, it happens every time. Uh, I've been a chef my entire life. I've worked in restaurants from Hong Kong to India to France, Chicago, Atlanta, really, you know, love food and love bringing people together over food. Uh, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2011. And, you know, being a chef having Crohn's, it's, it's, it's challenging to not only manage your stress and your rest, but also figure out, you know, what foods in your diet are really triggering these negative responses. So uh, I went through quite a few medications and ended up uh, going to cannabis full time. And actually on June 17th, I'll be two years, no synthetic medication, only cannabis. So my goal with Cloud Creamery is really to introduce edibles that work for people throughout, throughout their day. So 
we, we do lead with frozen treats. We do lead with ice creams and sorbets. Uh, ice cream specifically because the amount of fat that's in there is really great for, uh, for energy purposes. But ultimately, we're creating edibles that are going to fit different meal periods and also going to kind of get away from the individual dosage and more into the sharing, uh, sharing space. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, we'll be with you in a second. So let's get... Um, like I said, you know, I love outlining things so everyone gets an idea of what we're going to talk about. So just to get started, um, you know, us as chefs, we've been trained to really respect every ingredient that you put on a plate. Um, you know, I, I usually uh, equal cannabis towards, you know, an ingredient like saffron, if you will. So saffron, there's a distinct flavor profile of saffron. It's an expensive ingredient. Um, there's a process behind it really infusing saffron in food. So there's like the blooming process in which you're putting saffron in warm water to kind of make sure you get all the the um, the color and the flavor kind of integrated with, within um, the liquid. There's a dosage element to it and there's a balance of flavor into it. So for me, you know, I treat cannabis the same way as I treat, you know, uh, a pinch of saffron. It's a very important ingredient and there's a balance there that really needs to be integrated within food. Um, and I'm sure, David, you can agree to this, you know, uh, there, there is a, a different nuances and a technique behind infusing cannabis in food. And that's what we're trying to highlight here. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we run a dinner series in Massachusetts where you know, it's a fine dining event where it's five to seven courses and we infuse each course differently. And that's really kind of the showcase, Mario, what you're talking about. You can infuse cannabis really into anything. It uh, doesn't mean it should always go in everything. So that's definitely something I always like to, to be upfront about. But, uh, you know, understanding the terpenes, the flavor, the, the, the smell, um, you know, a lot of people don't care for the taste or smell of cannabis. They don't want to know that it's in there. They want to just taste regular food and some people want to celebrate it. So depending on, you know, your market, depending on your customer base, depending on uh, who you're selling to, you really want to take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you, you actually mentioned uh, terpenes. So basically terpenes are kind of the aromatic compounds given kind of that bouquet of uh, distinct smells and flavors within each type of um, strain. Right. So, right. you know, something like le to lavender or lemon or those hoppy beers that you smell, that's kind of the, 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 uh, the flavor profile that you will. And I'm sure you do this in your dinner series is really apply that flavor profile to something that's very much, you know, congruent totally. to those flavors totally yeah terpenes are really i mean you could you can categorize kind of within cannabis terpenes as you know there's a basil there's a rosemary there's a thyme there's a tarragon they all have these different characteristics and you really want to you know pair them with the food but also understanding if you're adding those to a butter if you add it if you're adding a certain amount of heat if you're adding a certain amount of acid it's going to react and modify those so you really have to kind of again you know go through it understanding different infusion processes is really going to help set up the, the end result and flavor of your of your item absolutely and also the unique effects of each of those terpenes you know there's there's definitely a lot of research out there um supporting certain type of effects for certain strains and what's you know what actually happens when you when you infuse Right. And I, I mean, terpenes are also, just to be clear, they're, they're also found, you know, in, in lots of ingredients. Lemongrass is something that's super high in, in uh, certain terpenes. So these things are already, they're already kind of, they're already out in the world. A lot of people focus on kind of the essential oils. So if you ever see a diffuser, you know, in someone's home where they're putting a couple drops of lavender, a couple drops of lemongrass, and they say, oh, it 
helps me relax or helps me breathe better. That's, that's true. You know, that's a very small amount. That's kind of like microdosing on the terpenes, but um, celebrating the terpenes is something that, that we try to do because a lot of the processes actually, a lot of the heating processes kill a lot of the terpenes. So right. we always try to make sure we're, we're keeping the flavor there. And the, the two main cannabinoids that we're focused on today is THC and CBD. Those, those are kind of the, the main elements we're, we're going to do. Obviously, you know, in New Jersey, we can all only play with hemp. Uh, David, you're up in Boston, so you definitely can use <laughs> your THC the way you want to. So again, right. um, these two cannabinoids are the, kind of the main drivers of the strains, you know, giving you the kind of therapeutic and euphoric effects. And there are dozens other out there that are being researched um, for different purposes as well. Right. Right. And, I, you know, there's certain ones, uh, for example, there's one called Myrcene that's in mangoes uh, that's said to kind of elongate the experience, elongate the, the THC experience. So a lot of people try to, you know, for example, infuse a mango sorbet and that's kind of viewed as a heavy hitter uh, in the edible market versus versus something else. Yep, absolutely. So next is kind of, you know, what we want to talk is kind of the first step in infusion is kind of the uh, decar process behind it. So you're basically converting the THCA to THC using, um, using heat, you know, right. so the same way you would kind of smoke a joint or, you know, uh, a pipe or whatnot, you know, you, that type of heat doesn't really does actually activate all the compounds within the cannabis, um, the CBD element and the THC element and kind of gives you those effects. Um, but in this case, when we do this within the kitchen, we're basically looking for a, um, we're gonna put it in the oven at a low temperature or some of the devices that you're actually gonna show us in a second. Um, sure. But kind of take what, that coarse grind first, you lay it out. Yeah, I mean, surface surface area is definitely key. I think in any cooking method, you really have to, you know, you, you wanna understand the, the water content of whatever you're doing, especially if you're putting something into the oven. The goal here is not necessarily to, to cook it it's really to to heat it just just enough it's really just kind of to gently nudge it above a certain line to activate it so the thca that's in cannabis does have a lot of beneficial effects effects of eating it raw but you're not going to get the psychoactive thc uh, that most people i think refer to so you know decarbing is 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 really removing the the carboxyl group from the protein chain uh and and thus being able to be active when you eat it Great. So the next one is solubility. So this is kind of the reason why we're going to be doing these three infusion demos. You know, uh, cannabis is oil soluble. It is not water soluble. So it's, it needs to be infused within oil in order for it to really um, dissipate and balance properly all the components within that. So I know that there's a lot of CBD beverages and cannabis beverages out there. So the reason that actually exists is because now there's water solubility technology out there that you're taking those molecules and everything and really, in, in, and they're balanced within the water at this point. Um, right. So there, there is that process and there is also some research behind the technology behind it, uh, nano emulsions um, as, yep. as a way of doing it. There's also the contrary of that saying nano emulsions isn't good for your body. So that's kind of, there's a lot of things that are really happening on the tech side of things that are kind of up to discussion for sure. Right. I, yeah. I think also a lot of that's being focused on because, you know, the beverage side of the edible market is something that's untapped right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are viewing the future. You know, a lot of people that don't currently consume cannabis uh, are believed to make the transition if there's something that's approachable, you know, already in their daily routine, right? They're not going to, no one is really trying to convince them to inhale anything or smoke anything. Uh, but they think that, you know, edibles will be the, be the bridge. 
Absolutely. And the last thing we want to talk about is dosing. So obviously the reason why dosing is important because, um, you know, cannabis hits people's bodies very differently. It depends on the way you're consuming it, the method in which you're consuming it. Are you smoking it, eating it is a topical solution. And also the, the, the biology and the tolerance of your body, you know, it, it right. really changes. So obviously, you know, you want to try, you know, your first edibles, low and slow, kind of give it anywhere from 45 minutes to hours to really get the full effect of things. Um, right, what's right. kind of your suggestion on, on dosing and your method behind it? I think first and foremost, you have to acknowledge that it's like any other substance. So if you're, if you're going to go into a bar on an empty stomach, you're probably going to have a very different experience than if you just consumed a full meal. You know, those drinks are going to hit you a little harder because it's metabolizing different. I think a lot of people consume, you know, smoke cannabis and, and feel that they are, have experience in that realm. And then they pop an edible that's maybe a touch too strong and they're not really thrilled with, with kind of the, the effects. Edibles are known to last for a long time. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a different process of, you know, when you're smoking, it's absorbing through your lungs. When you're eating, it's absorbing through the lining of your stomach. And it's just a totally different part of your body processing this. So um, you really have to be thoughtful and make sure you have no important decisions to make. You have nothing, you know, vehicles to operate, you know, definitely take your time. I know that might sound <laughs> a bit, a bit overcautious, but uh, I think it's the safest way, you know, just to practice precaution when, when going through this, but ultimately, yeah, everyone's body's different. Everyone processes, you know, things differently. If you have any other kind of medication or things that you're taking, you have to be very wary that it's not going to react with what's, what's going on. So um, for us, you know, when we're hosting dinners, when you purchase a ticket, there's a quick little survey to kind of walk, you know, ask a, a few simple questions of what's your experience level with edibles? Uh, are you taking any other medications or have any other allergies? And that way we can kind of understand what we want to bring to people. Now, Additionally, you know, having CBD on hand is very helpful to kind of bring your high down. So even though THC and CBD act uh, kind of as, as partners in certain parts of cannabis, if you're boosting CBD while you're, while you're high, basically, it'll help to kind of bring your frequency down. So that's always a good tool we like to have on hand, lots of water and lots of CBD. Yeah, agreed. So let's jump into the execution. I'm going to hand this over to you, uh, David. These are kind of the three infusions that you're going to present, correct? Yes. Yes. So I think, you know, kind so, of as I mentioned. So guys, I'm just going to hop go in ahead, there sir. for one little okay, second. Sure. Um, I just wanted to add that um, from NJCBA, we just want to say, you know, this is if you have hemp, you can do this when make CBD. So this isn't necessarily only for THC. Um, right. Absolutely. If you're a patient, then you can use cannabis to do a THC extraction. But this is also for everyone, no matter what state you're in, patient, not plant touching. Um, right. So, yeah. So that's all. I just wanted to say that. And uh, yeah, David, let's get into it. Sure. So again, you know, understanding, understanding what you want to have, whether it's for your personal use in your home, whether it's for, you know, friends and family, um, friends of mine that have gone through chemotherapy, gone through HIV treatment, you know, we've done our best to kind of talk to them understand their daily flow, what they like to eat and see, you know, points that we could fit it in. Because for a lot of people that, that face autoimmune diseases, they don't want it to feel like medicine. They don't want it to feel in the traditional sense, like a medication. They don't want to swallow a pill or have that, have that kind of uh, segment of their day. So we try to merge it in, whether it's a coffee creamer in the morning, whether it's an ice cream in the evening, we want to fit it in in snippets. For us, microdosing is something that's 
really big, uh, just taking a small amount throughout the day, which just kind of keeps your system. It's almost like keeping your metabolism rolling the entire time. So the three kind of main infusions uh, we're looking at are, are uh, oil, butter, and honey. I think butter is probably the most traditional. I think uh, at least my first experience, I think I had a brownie quite some time ago. Um, and that was made, you know, with butter that was put into uh, the brownie mix. Butter is something that is a little bit tricky. I think, you know, when people heat butter, butter's made, uh, you know, protein, water, and fat. So when you heat butter in a pan, you'll see the solids sink to the bottom. Those tend to continue to cook and caramelize. That's how you get brown butter. Uh, but they also sink so that you can, you know, skim the top and clarify your butter. So you really have to understand what you want to get out of it, what you want the end result to be. If you don't want it to be brown, you need to stir it more often to keep those solids from sticking to the bottom. Uh, if you want it to be clarified, leave them, but be sure you're paying attention before it starts to turn color so that you can strain it off and drain it off. Either way, again, a lot of this is really up to, up to the individual. There is a device uh, on the market called uh, uh, Magic Butter. So it, it kind, of looks, kind of looks like a blender, like a coffee machine. It's probably a foot and a half tall you can touch the dial on top and really set uh, time, temperature, and really kind of the, the velocity of what the blades do. So basically it's a chamber, there's a blade on the inside at the bottom that just spins around in its entire chamber, keeping those solids from sticking to the bottom, uh, but you can set the time. Now, oil is something that I think is, is probably the most versatile. Uh, you can do olive oils, you can do grapeseed oils, you can frankly do any oil that you'd like, but again, really keep in mind what that oil is gonna go into. If you want to put it into grapeseed oil, for example, grapeseed oil is great for searing fish, searing meats. You're not going to want to infuse it prior to searing a piece of fish. You're going to heat the, the oil too high. It's going to go past its smoking point. And what that does is it denatures some of the, the protein chains, denatures the THC. So you might still get a little bit of the effect, but it's absolutely not going to be the same measurable amount that you had going into the cooking process. Olive oil, again, is another one that's great. Um, you know, Thinking about infusing oil, I always encourage people to think of it as a finishing touch. Or it can be in an aioli, it can be in a vinaigrette, it can be in something that uh, is not gonna be heated but as you know, part of another dish. So my favorite device is called Olivo. No, this is not a plug, I'm not a rep, but I do think that it's, it's probably the most efficient uh, piece that's available. So this is, if everyone can see, I'll try to pull it back just a touch. That works. Uh, but basically it has a little screen here and you can kind of go through the different modes. So you're, you're really telling it what you want it to do. There's a dry, there's an activate and an infuse. And as Mario was mentioning earlier, the dry is what we call decarbing, which is just ground up and there's dry heat. There's just oxygen being pushed around it and it's gonna decarb. Activate is the step before infusing. So activate is a little less heavy on the decarb because it knows it's going to go into a separate, a second step of a heating process so that it doesn't want to do everything up front. But more or less, you can choose, there's a little screen here if you guys can see the different time, and then you can also change the time. Timing, changing the time on this is really specific, again, to the individual. I think the longer you go, the more terpenes are lost, the more flavor is lost, um, but you still have really high active THC. So the less you go, the stronger the terpenes. So for example, if you want to infuse let's say we wanted to infuse an ice cream uh, with a very citrusy strain. We wanted to make a creamsicle ice cream. So we took a vanilla ice cream base, took a uh, citrusy strain of cannabis, ground it up, and then steeped that into the cream to kind of create this natural citrus and vanilla uh, pairing. So that's what we would use for 
um, for the activate. So what this is up top is a little chamber inside. There's two parts. There's this small little Levo. It's a uh, mesh metal. It's got a little lid that you can put in there. And then there's also this little device, which is basically a magnetic blade. And the magnetic blade sits kind of in the center to help stir everything. And so what you want to do is you want to take your ground up cannabis, which I have here in a bowl, and you really just kind of stuff it into this device. And once you put it inside, cover it back with the, with the lid. And there's a little notch on the inside here that tells you where to place it. Now at this point, you would go to dry, hit start, and it would go again for the allotted time. If you hit activate, it would go for about 30 minutes. It would ding. It would tell you when it's time. You would open this back up, pour your oil directly into the chamber, close it back, hit the following button, and it would continue to spin. So this is probably, I think this is one of the most efficient ways on the market right now to infuse. The Levo process is something that really guides people through the experience. It gives you a finished product that is precise. So going back kind of to the dosing perspective for a second, dosing at home, dosing for meals, also dosing, you know, understanding when it's time for New Jersey, when you go into a dispensary, really being able to read the labels and understanding where it's from. If it's coming from an infused butter, if it's coming in from an infused oil, uh, if it's something that has full terpenes. So a lot of the receipts that you'll see on the back of an edible, for example, on the back of this is coconut oil, but a lot of the uh, nutrient labels also have an additional label that's going to tell you THCA, THC, CBD, CBG, CBN. And now there's a new label, at least in Massachusetts, it's going to tell you the terpenes that are in there as well. So you can really get a detailed experience. This is the Levo is, I want to say it's a couple hundred dollars. Uh, it's definitely something that is, is worth an investment if you're doing a lot of infusions at home. Uh, it's it, again, versatile to really fit any, any food product that you want. I personally like to infuse a lot with coconut oil. I think it's something that has just delicious flavor that blends into cookies really well. Uh, but butter is definitely an option. Honey is something that I think, you know, we were discussing earlier, Tara, I don't know if you want to bring it up, kind of the, the natural, uh, or Mario talk about the, they don't have a, a cannabinoid system, an endocannabinoid system to kind of process the, um, it, bees infusing honey is really the only natural process that's out there. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was super curious about this and they confirmed it that when a bee, you know, cross pollinates, that's how honey is made. If they're cross pollinating from a cannabis plant, bees don't have an endocannabinoid system. So you can't have a bunch of stoned bees basically, but what they can do is it's the only way to naturally to have nature infuse an edible for you. So you right. can literally have bees make cannabis THC infused honey, which is kind of remarkable. Um, and I, David, did you find anyone on the market who was doing that yet? I have not. Uh, I do have a friend who runs uh, a world honey exchange. He imports honey from all over the world. Uh, we've talked to him before specifically. I think our initial conversation was he had sold us a coffee honey and these bees were pollinated coffee plants. And so the honey was super dark, super rich, extremely flavorful. And we started to you know, talk about what those options were. My understanding is it's very challenging to train bees to pollinate bees specifically. So uh, I'm not sure what kind of controlled environment would really force them into that. And I wonder how, you know, everyone would feel about it, but it's definitely a topic of conversation. Um, but, you know, honey again is, is, is something that 
really holds on to the flavor and holds on to a lot of the terpenes of, of cannabis. So when you, when you want to infuse honey, you want to do the same thing. You want to take your flour, you want to grind it up super small again to increase surface area, uh, but you want it to steep. So in this process, infusing honey is more of bringing your honey up to a certain temperature first, adding your cannabis in, stirring it thoroughly, and then letting it sit. You don't want to disturb it too much. You want to naturally infuse. It'll go into the sugar and go into the fat. And you will eventually put it through, you know, a large strainer and probably have to put it through a small strainer after that to get a lot of the cannabis out. But when, you, when you're done, you'll have a very kind of dark, rich, it looks very different than, if you can see these. This first one is bright and green. Second one is more, it's almost, it's almost, it's a deep brown, kind of has a nutty, a nutty rich smell to it. But, you know, again, this really comes down to preference. I think we can, we can post some links, post some recipes. We're happy to ask, you know, answer any questions, you know, following this. And I'm always happy to answer them via Instagram or, or via email. But, you know, really talking to people and understanding the cooking process is, is, is frankly the most important step because you're going to be feeding a lot of people and you really need to know what's going into it and what's behind it. Yeah. So, um, I will be posting everything on njcba.com or on our social media. So anything David wants to share, um, Kelly's recipes at the end of this. So yeah, don't worry about writing everything down and we'll probably post this somewhere after as well for viewing. Um, and also the, the Leva, which I love is actually back ordered right now a month. I was going to say you could get them oh, at wow. bakery.com, but the Leva too, the one you showed with the actual decarb mm -hmm. in the machine, they, mm -hmm. they can't keep them in stock right now. So, yeah, um, they're, but, yeah. uh, when they, when they do come back, even on the manufacturer, it's a, it's a great product. Um, yeah. all right, cool. Absolutely. Um, so are you, David, you're showing us what to do now, right? I can. Yes. I was going to put together, um, I was going to kind of go through this step-by-step -step on, you know, the Levo kind of start to finish, uh, and be able to kind of walk people through. I want to make sure we give Kelly enough time, uh, to start talking about some of the recipes. Do we want to touch on her and I can kind of come back to this and bring, bring everyone yeah. up to speed on it. Sure. All right, Hi. Kelly. How are you? I'm good. I'm um, ready to learn some new stuff. Okay. So, um, We were talking earlier about uh, the holidays and um, David and Mario were talking about putting something together to uh, get ready to celebrate summer and hopefully uh, freedom, right? So everybody's looking forward to that, yes. Um, so we were talking about beverages because uh, honey is one of the things that infuses really, really well. And beverage circuit now uh, is featuring all kinds of um, uh, personalized uh, uh, syrups, right, for your drinks, so you can right. make your specialty cocktails, yes? So tonight yeah. we're gonna do one, and it's a really simple, it's a lemon, a fresh lemonade. So I've got uh, the juice of two whole lemons, and I've got um, a pitcher of water, just gonna add the two of those together. <clears throat> this is our simple syrup. Simple syrup is 50% sugar, and 50% water. However, because I infused this with the honey, I did one cup of water, a half a cup of sugar, and a half a cup of honey. So um, we're just gonna add, whoops, 
a six ounce ladle of the syrup right into the lemon water. I made this with uh, four sprigs of fresh mint that I had modeled. I just um, smashed them up a little bit to bring the oils out so that we could get a more intense flavor and then strained it out when I was finished. But it does have a very nice um, minty uh, aroma and a real nice mint flavor to it. So, simple, fresh lemon juice, water, and our simple syrup. And so when your guests arrive, you can greet them with a fresh cocktail. Very appropriate for summer. So, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Fabulous. Yeah, lovely, lovely. But you can, uh, in, you can flavor your simple syrup with any type of a fresh herb. Um, you can use spices too if you'd like. Uh, depends upon what, what kind of a cocktail you prefer. Okay. I, th I think it would be adorable if you had fresh hemp leaves in that pitcher. Wouldn't that be lovely, Tara? That would be very cute. Next time. Okay, so we're going to make a, a Baltimore-style crab cake. Uh, why is it Baltimore-style instead of Maryland-style um, or New Jersey, for that matter? Um, probably because they use uh, cracker meal instead of um, breadcrumb. And, you know, when you're making fresh crab cake, you want to try to minimize the amount of filler that you use. So um, I do have the recipe for this. It's going to be posted online, so you're welcome to help yourself to that at the end of the uh, presentation. So I'm going to take some saltine crackers and I'm going to mash them up. You can use a, um, a box cracker meal if you prefer. And if you aren't crazy about the saltine cracker meal, you can use the oyster crackers, uh, which is popular with the seafood. Oh no. Kelly, you've been muted. That might now be That was my son. Isn't he kind and thoughtful? Okay. <laughs> so I only need a quarter of a cup of breadcrumb. Or I'm sorry, cracker, cracker crumb, cracker meal. <clears throat> and I'm gonna mix this right into our pound of uh, picked crab meat. Just add that right in, give it a stir, set it aside. Just enough to give it a little bit of binding when we're ready. Okay. So we're going to put a little bit of mayonnaise in the, um, in the bowl to start. One egg. We're going to use a quarter of a teaspoon of, I'm sorry, a teaspoon of mustard. Teaspoon of Worcestershire or thereabouts. A little bit of hot sauce. This will obviously depend on what you how uh, how much spice you prefer, right? So 
quarter of a teaspoon to a half a teaspoon, depending upon your preference. Okay, we're going to use our, um, this is infused olive oil. So we're just going to put a couple of tablespoons of that in. I can smell it. It's good. Okay. I'm mix this up. I'm going to add in a handful of parsley. If you wanted, you could certainly uh, use some of that uh, leftover hemp or cannabis from the box process. Okay. Put a little bit of that in there. Uh, and then we're going to add in our crab meat with the uh, <clears throat> cracker meal. Crab, it looks good. <laughs> Does look good. Again, the beauty of the crab cake is the crab meat itself, so you don't want to overcomplicate it by adding too many ingredients or too much sugar. Okay. You go jumbo lump or lump? Uh, this is lump. If you're using a jumbo lump, you want to probably mix it by hand because you really don't want to break up. Uh, the size of your lumps, right? No. <clears throat> okay, so I've got my great-grandmother's cast iron pan. Aww. The beauty of cast iron is also the curse of cast iron. <laughs> it holds heat. It, it gets nice and hot, gives you a beautiful, even uh, finish, but you have to be very careful because it does hold the heat. And if you leave anything unattended, in a cast iron pan, chances are you'll come back and it will not be what you thought. So, we're going to let it get nice and hot. <clears throat> give my hands a quick wash. <laughs> I wanted to uh, give a shout out to uh, Rob Mejia. I see that Rob was online. I saw some of his comments. He and I did a, um, a CBD dinner at the school back in March before everything went kind of crazy and uh, had a wonderful, wonderful time. He did a lot of the, uh, he was kind enough to fill in uh, as David and Mario have been doing today <clears throat> with the science behind it, um, leaving me the opportunity to just cook. Okay, so we're going to scoop the crab cake. You're looking for maybe four ounces. You're going to form it into a nice little patty. <clears throat> you see our pan's getting nice and hot. 
Come on over here, Matt. We'll put them in there. This is a uh, canola oil in the pan. I did not use an infused oil. Ooh. It's not crackled. Uh, because if you're concerned about dosing, you'd want to know how much you have. So in that pound of fat meat, I used two tablespoons of the infused olive oil in making the mix, right? So if I had put in the pan, that if I was cooking with it, I'd be losing control of how much was in there. So if that's important to you. You want to make sure that you're using, you've got your infused oils that are incorporated and or finished with, and then your, um, your regular traditional cooking oils. Just a quick little plug. If you guys are looking, you guys are vegan looking for a uh, a vegan crab cake alternative. Um, Good Catch Foods is great. Uh, I'm just gonna put the link on the uh, website on the uh, chat. That's awesome. And Kelly, do you know how much, if any, potency you're losing for the sear? Because the, the boiling point of that sear on that crab cake is probably going to um, lose a yes, little bit. It's, it's really only getting through to the surface. The actual yeah. internal temperature is going to be much more of a 200 degree um, finish. So I don't, I mean, I can't say specifically how much we're losing, but not as much yeah. as and then um, someone just put in the chat too, if uh, if you really want to be particular about controlling dosing, you could put it in an aioli as well and use it as crab cake garnish. Yeah, that's a good, just a good suggestion from Rob. I think that's <clears throat> finishing elements are always the most, you know, the easiest to control. So uh, yes. it's definitely a great, great suggestion. So on the plate is uh, a little citrus salad. Um, it was just a, um, one uh, pink grapefruit and one <clears throat> orange that were segmented with a uh, tablespoon of honey and some fresh basil. Nice uh, compliment to go with the crab meat. <clears throat> Just, about, <laughs> Just about four minutes to a side. Oh, it's so unfair this is over Zoom. I feel like I could smell it, but I can't. <laughs> it actually does smell pretty darn good, Tara. Imagine so, it looks good. So then we, um, do we have, we've seen how we were going to use the honey in our beverage and we're using right. the oil in our crab cake. Are we using the butter in anything? I used the butter in the sour cream cannabis cake that I made and the recipe yes. will That'll be online too. So okay. we take the oil, we use the uh, butter, and we use the honey. Awesome. Mm -hmm. oh, you see, there goes that cast iron pan. See it smoking?
And for people who are looking for dosing, there's also some great calculators online where you can put in the potency of your cannabis or hemp and um, it can kind of calculate for you the milligrams through different extraction methods and things like that. So if you don't know how to do that, those resources are all out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, yeah. Let's see if I can, I'll, maybe we can put a link into the uh, combo for everybody on it. Yeah. Oh, that looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, apple walnut cannabis uh, cake. <laughs> Excuse me. I use uh, hemp, however. So obviously it doesn't matter which way you do the recipe. Uh, and it just has a, um, it has can of butter in it so that um, the distribution was easy. Uh, if you had done it with the apple filling, the apple walnut filling, you would have been really at a challenge because it doesn't go in uh, quite as smooth and uh, you don't get the same consistency. So definitely better to put it in. Uh, I feel like I should have sent you some ice cream for this. Yes, and I really love that. I would certainly have loved that. So I think, and, and I'm sure Rob can chime in on this too, you know, when you're going through a tasting menu, you know, looking at a beverage, uh, a crab cake and, and dessert, you really have to take into consideration, you know, the dosage across the entire meal for people. I think to Rob's point earlier, you know, adding an aioli on the top and adding a later infusion, the benefit to that also is that if someone, you know, by the third or fourth course says, hey, cut me off, you know, I'm good. You also have the option to, you know, remove that element from the plate. Mm -hmm. yes. I know a lot of chefs usually on the last like course, they actually just do a CBD infused versus a THC. Just to sure. clear things out. Oh, right. that's smart. Right. And As David said, it, it gives you an opportunity to just sort of mellow everything I, yeah. I just have to add, since we didn't actually give a dessert recipe, if you want a quick and easy way to make dessert, you could go to blazingbakery.com and get Ooh. some blazing brownie mix, <laughs> and uh, you can use that with your infused. And when Levo's back in stock, you could buy one there too. So, yeah, and I it's amazing. Um, we're buying two of them for school because oh, you that's can, great. Yeah, I'm really excited because you can use it obviously for um, in Jersey. We can use it for hemp. But sure. um, you can also use it for any fresh herb if you're trying to um, extract. Totally. Uh, yeah. Flavor, you know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Well, and you can also, like in the Levo, for example, you can also add peppercorns or star anise or coriander seed or toasted fennel seed or whatever you want into, you know, with the flour as well and infuse that over time. So it's not right. just to make a cannabis infused oil and then a separate, you know, herb infused oil. You can do them both uh, interchangeably. So that's something that. Again, you know, getting very specific, but uh, depending on how many people you're cooking for, the frequency of use might be extremely practical. Yeah, I, I saw there's a few and, questions on the, on the chat. I don't know if you guys want to go through that. Um, sure. I just threw a coupon in the chat for anyone who wants it, 20% off at Blazing That's Baker. great. That's great. Uh, uh, what are see. the questions? So I think we'll go back up. Uh, I know Eric has one here uh, talking about a, left, a bunch of leftover flour from uh, that he's been saving. Told he can make edibles with that. You can, Eric, or Erica, excuse me. You can certainly make edibles with that. Again, you know, you, 
if you remember what the THC content was of that flower, uh, that would be helpful. Not understanding that, you know, you're definitely going to have a little window of variety. I, I would guess anything that's, you know, out on the market right now is anywhere from 18 to probably 24, 25% potency of THC. So you need to be, be aware of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you could put it again in, in butter mm -hmm. and olive oil and honey. Um, also a simple syrup uh, will work. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, uh, and then Gary has so, a question on so here. So something with, um, ahead, if, if you have already been vaped, ABV weed, um, so anything from a vaporizer that's spent, instead of just throwing in the garbage, it's likely still has some um, remaining THC. So what you can totally. do is just throw that as is into anything savory, like a pasta sauce or something like that, without having to con uh, infuse it because it's already right. decarboxylized. So you can use that as is as an ingredient. Sure, sure. I've also found a really great way is to take that leftover flour, even if it's already been through the levo, it's been completely decarb, whether it's wet or dry, and put it in a bread starter and let it kind of boom and, and grow and produce uh, and scale. So we, we've been starting to bake a lot of bread, a lot of rolls, you know, really trying out uh, other, other options that come in. So definitely, you know, I had actually taken a, a lot of leftover flour from the levo and put it into uh, a loaf of bread and definitely misjudged it uh, from a potency perspective. It was a little bit stronger than I thought it would be after going through two decarb sessions. So you definitely need to take your time, you know, being aware of, of, of the, the strength. How did it affect the, uh, the baking process? Was there, you know, I, I think it was a small enough amount that it didn't actually really affect the time or temperature. I mean, it was baked in convection. So it was kind of a, kind of a foolproof uh, oven, but um, it, what it did was it lent you know, when you, when you decarb flour, it has this kind of, uh, Rob mentioned earlier, like slow roasting. It has a very nutty smell to it. So it gives a depth, it gives an earthiness to whatever you're making. So uh, it, it really, I mean, we basically baked a loaf of bread, cooled it down, sliced it, then crisped it in butter and did kind of a uh, little, you know, egg toast in the morning with different garnishes on it. So that's such a great yeah. idea. So Gary, Gary asked an interesting question. He says, if onset of effects is one to two hours, what do you think of the pacing of a dinner? Because that's very true. You know, by the time you get to your dessert course, every, everything's just kicking in and then you drive home high. So how, um, or medicated. Um, sure. So how, um, what's the suggestions on that? How do you pace the timing? So I would, my, or Mario, I'm, I'm happy to take this if, if you'd like, but I, I would say for people that consume edibles often, it definitely does not take an hour to feel the effects of it. For me, it's usually about, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I can actually feel, I mean, I can feel it, I, I'd say fairly even faster, but really get the full uh, vibe pretty, pretty quick. The dinners are typically meant to, it's like having a bottle of wine, right? You're, you're, you're having a glass here and there. It's not to take shots of tequila. And that's kind of what we always like to be clear on like alcohol has lots of different, you know, uh, options for intake and cannabis does as well. So uh, the dinners that we serve are usually, you know, four to five courses will have canapes when you come in. So you definitely start right away. I think midway through, you'll start to really understand, you know, where you're headed and, and what it's going to feel like. Um, but I, I it's, it's a good point. I mean, people that come to our dinners, you know, consume heavy, but are also honestly taking smoke breaks to, you know, <laughs> share a joint or share something outside. So they are more for the dining experience because the cannabis is, is not underlying, it's celebrated. It's not um, a concentrate or a distillate where there's no flavor. We're actually, we're curing egg yolks and cannabis. We're bringing it into our sauces. We're baking bread with it. We're making desserts with it. So um, I think the 
a lot of the attendees are not necessarily coming just for the edible effect. It's more just the entire experience. Very cool. And I, I think a four course dinner is, is like for a, st for a beginner is, is a lot. Um, sure. I would definitely like, try some edibles beforehand and kind of understand what, how your body kind of reacts instead of going in full on four course and canopies and all that stuff and kind of finding yourself in trouble. So, right. Right. I don't think a four course meal would be for a novice. If, you know, if this is something that you're just starting to uh, learn about and experience, you probably don't want to be um, participating in an event like that right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. You need right. to, to understand your own body's reaction to this sort of thing and, um, you know, take, take it slow and easy in the, to, to, uh, to get accustomed. Yeah, and also communicate, you know, before you go into the dinner with whoever's hosting, you know, what your experience level is, right? I mean, I think a lot of people that are having these dinners, at least I know from our perspective, our goal is not to annihilate people, right? We don't want you stumbling out and, you know, feeling uncomfortable. We want you to enjoy your experience. Again, I always use wine as a reference because it seems to be kind of a, a gradual pace more than, you know, cocktails. But um, we definitely want to make sure that everyone's meal is specifically dosed for them. So as long as you communicate upfront, I think you, you might be able to go into a four course meal knowing, you know, telling everyone you want it a little bit lighter than maybe the, the, the standard or the average. Yes. And, and like you said, um, you know, well in New Jersey, it would be CBD anyway. Um, sure. you know, so, but, um, and it's about responsibility as well. If, if you were drinking wine after a certain amount of wine, you wouldn't drive home. So it's just about responsible right. use and knowing your body regardless. Yeah. Right. We tried, we tried to, we, we emailed Uber to see if we could get a special code for cannabis so that people could, could have a different rate to drive home. They weren't really into it, but uh, we're, we've tried to find ways. Cause I mean, if you're in a city without public you know, transit, if you can't jump on a train or, or get around easy, it's, it's definitely a, a roadblock. It's definitely. All a, right. So uh, people are always asking for million dollar cannabis ideas. We've had two in this webinar, figure out how to train bees to infuse honey <laughs> and invent yep. duper the Uber for cannabis. Okay. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Actually, Were there any other questions in I the put in a link? I actually put in the link of um, it's BMD is the company yes. that does infuse bees. I put That's in super cool. Chat. Yeah. They'll, they'll be one of our uh, panels in our next event. So we're excited to have them. Nice. And I think right someone put in a link for the calculator. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think Rob put a, put a link in there he too. Is, uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Mario, when is your next event? Um, it's going to be towards the middle of June, middle to end of June. So we're going to be doing one on just uh, the product development cycle um, and another one on unique CPG brands like BMD. Very awesome. cool. All right. So everyone want to tell people where they could reach you, give out your social and all that good stuff. Uh, start Why with David. That? Oh, sure. I'll start. Yeah. So Cloud Creamery Instagram is probably the best way. Uh, if you go to Cloud Creamery on Instagram, you can see our dinner series, which is called Eat Sacrilicious, which is on there as well. Uh, that's probably the best way to stay in touch with us. We've been um, really trying to survey the market and see if we can come back out and do dinners again. You know, we're, we're really, that's something that's really important to us uh, to, to have these community-based cannabis events in our state. So we're excited to get back out there. But when it, when it is time again, we will have a link up there to all of our future dinners where you can buy tickets. We do a lot in New York. We do a lot in L.A. Um, and hoping to do some in Colorado soon, but uh, no right. New Jersey ones quite yet. Not yet. We're paying for that. Um, Mario, where can people reach you? 
Yeah, uh, bootlegavocado.com. My email is just mario at bootlegavocado. Um, just reach out to us. Um, like I said, we do uh, about two different panels a month um, doing different segments of the food, beverage, and cannabis industry. So it's not just chefs. It's actually more on the, on the tech side of things. But um, I, especially the chefs I have in mind, you know, including Rob and all that stuff, I definitely want to integrate them throughout the process. Um, but in the kind of the right panels and, and whatnot, because the, the, the amount of value that and knowledge that um, people like Rob and David bring, it's, it's, it's great, you know, and I think it's great to really educate people on cannabis in the right way um, and kind of making sure that we are producing products that are responsible and using um, the wellness factors of cannabis more than anything else. Right. Very cool. And uh, Kelly, so Kelly's there in Atlantic Cape. That's where right. um, NJCBA so, had a partnership and we developed one of the first cannabis courses in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and now she's taking that and running with it and spinning it off into their culinary and their edibles program. So when society reopens, we're going to have a lot of uh, exciting cannabis education coming down the pike, which is awesome. We sure hope so. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't take too long. So um, <laughs> Uh, dinners will be um, back in action in the fall. We have a couple of them already scheduled um, and then hopefully we'll get the green light to reopen the, the campus. And um, we do have a couple of community education classes, hands-on classes scheduled as well. So it's uh, the Academy of Culinary Arts. You can find it at atlantic.edu slash ACA. Very cool. Perfect. All right. And um, we'll be posting this. You can find NJCBA on social media everywhere as a New Jersey cannabis business. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me there or you can reach out to me through Blazing Bakery and Taramisu. Um, thank you guys so much for joining. Follow up on social for all the recipes and uh, stay posted. We have lots of webinars coming out. Um, as long as we're locked in, we might as well learn something, right? <laughs> all right. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Thanks Bye. for having us. Bye, guys. Bye. Take thank care. You.